I, th I think it's, it's always good for entrepreneurs to, to keep an eye out on, on uh, what the competitors are doing. So mm. uh, not a fear necessarily, but I think you need to be aware of where uh, other companies are positioning themselves and, and to, uh, to be a little bit paranoid about that is actually a good thing for, for startup founders. So I think that that's, that's one thing that uh, we always try to, uh, to see if our product is differentiated enough and, and has enough defensibility. Mm. Uh, in, in the market when we go talk to customers. So, so I think that's, uh, that's probably what I would say is the, is the most important uh, area where we continue to see. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents, trademarks, and other business related things. And today we have another great uh, guest, and it's our, one of our Where They At Now, six months after we originally talked with them. Um, and it's uh, Karithka, and I always worry I'm going to say the name right, Rule, Rule? Rule, Raul. Arctic Raul. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, it's as good as as good as I could do. But uh, if you remember, so um, Karithka or Karithk, is it Karithk? Karthik. Karthik. I'm I'm gonna keep, I'm just gonna have to stop saying your name so I don't slaughter anymore. But <laughs> uh, was uh, with Flick and uh, was doing that and continues to do it and uh, kind of that's where we left off of uh, building that business or that journey that led up to where he's at today. And now we're gonna hear a little bit of kind of about the last six months and how you've had to a bit uh, adjust and adjust some equipment and do a bit of rebranding and how you've done some bit of spinoffs and how you've done it now an official launch and had that going and kind of uh, what all that journey's been and kind of what the shut down his man and cut different customers and pivots and all those good things so with that much as a is an introduction welcome back onto the pad, podcast yeah thanks Tim. it's good to talk again it's nice to reconnect and uh, and see where we're at uh, yeah it's like you said it's been a few months since we last uh, spoke at least uh, on, on this forum so it's uh, nice to be able to see where we're at Absolutely. So now take us back in time to kind of last time we spoke and just kind of for everybody that's either new to the podcast or um, getting reacquainted, so to speak, give us kind of where you were, where you left off about six months ago, where you're at, and then kind of tell us a little bit about how the last six months have gone for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, just, just to give a little bit of background, I started a company called Flick a few years ago, and uh, the idea was to work on a technology area called edge computing. So for those that, that probably are not that familiar, um, so we're all used to uh, putting stuff in the cloud these days, right? In our mm. personal life, so you know, pictures, emails, etc. So we uh, just upload everything to the cloud and just sort of magically works. Somehow uh, it's magic. I don't know where it goes or how it works, but it yeah. works. <laughs> uh, so industries are no different. I mean, they started doing that uh, ten or so years back. They started putting all of their operational uh, data in the cloud. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been going well for, for many years, but it has its sort of limitations. Um, so edge computing essentially is taking a, a subset of that storage and processing power and putting that uh, in, a, in a local uh, sort of compute um, sensor in our case, but in, uh, in sort of uh, in our day-to-day -day lives, just imagine if you had a, a mobile phone which had all those apps running so you didn't have to actually connect to the internet to do everything that we, we typically do. So that's, that's sort of the technology area where we were innovating. Um, mm. So the idea is you, you put a little bit of intelligence into each uh, sensor. The sensor mm. attaches itself to a piece of industrial equipment and you don't really have to connect to the internet for it to work. 
So that's basically what we were working on. Uh, we've been selling that solution for a few years, but the pandemic really has uh, has been sort of a forcing function for many of us, I think. So we have okay. to rethink how we do business, how we uh, make it easy for companies to use our uh, solutions. Um, so it's been an interesting journey over the last six months. So now, so and that was a, a perfect overview, kind of, of where you were at and kind of where, where things left off. And now you kind of hinted at it, which is, you know, last six months or since we last talked, you know, you've now had COVID, you've had to pivot and adjust. So kind of what were the things that you kind of ran into that caused you to pivot? And then how did you react? Because that's can always be a scary thing, right? Especially if you launch with one thing is going well, and then, you know, where the limbo that a lot of companies have been in is, well, we were had a good model and, you know, once COVID opens back up or once things open back up, then we'll go back to it. And then it was kind of the goalpost kept moving of, well, it's going to be in two months or six months. And now it's a year and now it's two years. And so it kind of makes it hard. So how did you guys kind of, what was the difficulty you guys faced and how did you pivot or adjust to it? Yeah, when, when we spoke in, uh, in the summer last year, I mean, we were sort of in the middle of the pandemic even then. And we started seeing signs of certain businesses not really picking up as much as we had hoped. Mm. Uh, and that, that's nothing new. I think all of us have sort of gone through that phase now and, and we're seeing certain parts of the, the customer base starting to come back. So mm. what, what we noticed was uh, the way that we were selling our solution required uh, all of our sales guys and, and engineers to actually uh, participate in sort of a consultative sales approach, right? Where you're trying to work with the customer to figure out what the, the issue is and you help them install these sensors in the field. And all of that was just not possible because we were just obviously not able to travel and, and visit these sites. So we had to figure out another way to sell our solution. So that really was the, the initial uh, impetus for us to start looking inward and trying to figure out how to make it really easy um, or as easy as possible for customers to install stuff on their own. Right? So mm. we, we couldn't travel, so we had to actually ship these sensors in a box and the customers had to actually go and install it on their own. So the idea was to just simplify the product. So we started mm. there. And then what followed was um, sort of setting up all the, the infrastructure that we need to actually be able to sell this new product. Um, so the, the old way of selling it just wasn't working and we just had to pivot and try to figure out a, a better way uh, to sell our solution. So that, that really was how it got started. And then as we dug a little bit Maybe there's one quick quick question on that. So, because, you know, as you're saying, okay, we were doing in-person installations where a lot of it was face-to-face and in-person and, you know, COVID kind of makes that much more difficult. You're saying we have to adjust and pivot. You know, how did you, I guess, one, arrive at the conclusion, okay, we can't, you know, we simply can't keep doing it. Was it, you know, money and sales are drying up and you had to figure out how to survive, you know, survive it or to adjust? Or was it more of, hey, this is an opportunity if we're going to adjust, not just, you know, not just for the short term, but let's make this more sustainable for long term. So how did you kind of arrive at the conclusion that, hey, we need to do something different here and let's take this as an opportunity? Yeah, it, it was both really that. And I mean, we, we obviously had sales drying up. Uh, we had a lot of oil and gas and energy customers at the time and mm. gas prices dropped. Uh, a lot of the R&D spend went, uh, you know, went away. So uh, that was the Q2 of last year was, was a little bit difficult in the, in the way that sort of it, it evolved and wasn't really clear when that phase would end. So mm. internally for us, we had to figure out other markets to sell into. So we started looking at other, other opportunities pretty opportunistic in the way that we were going after customers. So we were mm-hmm. doing okay as a company, but still we sort of realized that the, the old way of selling it just wasn't working. 
And obviously, you know, as we all got used to working remotely, we're just starting mm. to wonder why it's not possible for companies to monitor these equipment remotely. Right? There, there should be no technical reason why we can't do that. Mm. Uh, you and I can do business on Zoom. Uh, it should be possible for companies to monitor remote assets. There's no mm. reason to actually put somebody in a truck and send them once a month to go uh, monitor a pipeline. So mm. that, that really was the problem that we were trying to solve. So what we came up with was a, a really sleek, uh, simple solution. Um, so um, just, just to draw a parallel, I mean, it's, it's like sort of attaching a fitness tracker to your wrist, right? It has to be that simple. Mm. So you just put, uh, put a, a smart sensor, uh, that's what it looks like. Basically a, a tiny box that you attach uh, to a piece of asset. And just simple as that, 20 seconds to install. And we want to make it really easy for, for companies to do that on their own. So now, how long did it take you to actually implement the changes, right? So you know, you have this, hey, we've got to make this simple. We've got to make it, you know, so that we're not having to have people on site or otherwise doing that. And so you kind of have that as an idea. And, and you know, you, you kind of give us an idea of your, what a solution you arrived at. But how long did that take you to kind of roll out or implement or figure out how to make that pivot? Yeah, we, we had the basics of that solution already implemented in the, in the past. So we, we knew exactly what to do. It was just a question of getting the engineering team to focus on that. So we had to create a, a, a prototype that we could go take, take to customers and, and uh, try to validate that in the market. So that took about two or three months to come up with something that we could actually show customers. Mm. Then um, in, in August, we started promoting this to, um, to our uh, internal contacts that we had with customers. Um, mm. September was when we first got some revenues from this new product line. So we knew that uh, that it had some legs and then Q4 started to grow quite quite nicely. And then uh, that's when we decided on a business level to make that pivot. It seemed like it could stand on its own and uh, made it to be launched under a, a new brand. Mm. We had a, a brand called Stoke and we formally launched that about a month ago mm. and uh, onwards and upwards from there. So now, so you're kind of running now almost two businesses or two product lines in parallel, it sounds like, not to put words in your mouth, but you still have the original model or, hey, we'll come out, we'll be a bit more invasive or we'll do it for you, so to speak. And then we also have the more simplified model of, hey, we'll give you, we'll give you virtual or digital training as to how to do it, make it a simple product and allow you to do it yourself. So sounds kind of like based on the pivot, you're now kind of running those two different companies in parallel. No, most of the employees have already moved over to mm. Stoke. So Stoke is really what's scaling right now. And mm. uh, obviously we, we um, had to make that decision and it was a tough one to, to try and figure out where to focus. Um, but luckily for us, I mean, Q4 and Q1 so far have been really good quarters. Uh, sales seem to be going in the right direction. We're scaling nicely. So most of the attention now is, uh, is with Stoke. So there's still mm. some, some uh, old uh, uh, customer relationships that we have with Flick. So we sort of, converting them to Stoke customers mm. and then uh, we'll continue moving forward with Stoke. So, and, I, and I think you've now answered the question because the next follow-up question is going to have is kind of now moving over to Stoke, adjusting the business model, pivoting. What, if you could, going back in time and, you know, not possible, but we'll play a game anyway. <laughs> if you could take the the model you have today, which was kind of at least a ne- a necessitated or forced based on COVID, you made that adjustment versus the original model if you had the option, would you go back to the original model? Do you like the new model better? Or kind of, if you could choose which path, you, if COVID had never come along and you had the options to go either way, which way would you go? No, I, I think what, what we ended up with at Stoke is probably the right thing to do. 
Um, mm. I, I think we eventually would have um, worked on that uh, on that particular arc and tried to make the product as simple as possible. Mm. Right? Um, but it, as I was saying earlier, it's sort of a forcing function. You you had to make decisions quickly, and uh, so it's sort of the the pandemic really forced us to to look inward and try to decide what uh, was the best course of action for us. So mm. I, I think in the end, I mean, regardless of the circumstances, I think we ended up with the right result. And, and uh, the sales over the last few months have really, um, uh, really proved that it's, it was the right move on our part to do that. And uh, so, yeah, uh, looking back, I mean, I, I think if we had made this decision a, a few years ago, uh, I, I suppose, I mean, uh, that, that would have been the right thing to do at that point. Mm. No, and it's interesting because you, you know, once you get a product, especially when you get a, a product up and running, the company's, uh, you know, profitable, you tend to go to, or continue down the same route, whether or not it's the best route or the one that makes the most sense, but it's the one that you're comfortable and that's what you've launched and kind of reflect on one of the businesses I ran previously was we were going down one route and it wasn't a bad route, but we had what was a, a frivolous lawsuit that was filed against us that made or took the company in a different direction. It was a you know, year of my life, I wish I could get back and it wasn't a fun experience. But at the end of that, it also makes amidst all that forces to step back and said, we're, if we the route that we were going down, regard you know the lawsuit was a little bit of a catalyst, kind of like COVID, and it was like if we could go back to the route we were doing, would we do that? Or now that we had to step back, we rethought our the business and how we we're doing it. What was a better path? And it actually led to a much more fruitful and better path in the long run. Even though it's sometimes those painful things that uh, kind of cause you to give pause or have to go through it and not enjoy it, but in the end, it comes out to be better. So. Look. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, my, my thoughts exactly. I, I think uh, once things are going okay and you, you sort of get used to, uh, you know, working in a certain way and sort of promoting your product in a certain way, that there's a lot of inertia in the company, right? Uh, everyone's used to doing things that, that the, in, in a way that they're used to. And, and it's just really difficult to, to sort of uh, change tack and, and uh, uh, it's it, it's a difficult decision, no doubt. So we had yeah plenty of internal debate on what to do, and so, uh, as I said, finally I think we ended up where we they should have been a couple of years ago. Hmm. No, no, it makes complete sense. So now as we, you know, looking for the the next kind of six to 12 months, kind of with the pivots going on, with having to adjust the things, where do you see uh, that going kind of the, that six to 12 months, uh, 12 months out? Yeah, the, the, the plan is to continue scaling our business now. So we, we need to build uh, the, the team around uh, the core team that we already have in place. So we've got mm -hmm. a solid team now of engineers and, and people doing sales and, uh, and, and in management. So we've got a good core, core group. So the plan is to raise a little bit of funding, uh, add some more R&D in sales and business development and try to scale the business. So that's the plan for the rest of the year. And hopefully, I mean, with, um, you know, with the vaccine rollout and uh, the, the worst is sort of behind us and things will get better. And mm. as uh, things get back to normal, we, we hope to scale the business along with that. All right. No, I think that that's a... a it now with the both with things behind you and also with an updated or you know differentiated business model i think both sounds it sounds like a, a great path forward so well as we wrap up and i always you know normally on a normal podcast i have my last two questions i always switch that up a bit for the where are you at now kind of episode um so the question i'll ask you is you know kind of now that you've gone along your journey both the original journey in the last six months and dealing with COVID and everything else as an entrepreneur what's your one biggest fear and, and how do you overcome it uh, I, I think it, it's always good for entrepreneurs to to keep an eye out 
on uh, what the competitors are doing. So mm. uh, not a fear necessarily, but I think you need to be aware of where uh, other companies are positioning themselves and and so uh, to be a little bit paranoid about that is actually a good thing I think, for, for startup founders. So I think that that's, that's one thing that uh, we always try to, uh, to see if our product is differentiated enough and, and has enough defensibility. Mm. Uh, in, in the market when we go talk to customers. So, so I think that's uh, that's probably what I would say is the is the most important uh, area where we, we continue to stay focused. No, and I think that is, is a good point. And, then, and one of the things, you know, love them, hate them, or indifferent to them, Mark Cuban, I always, you know, he always talks about you should be waking up each day or thinking about how your competitor is going to kick your butt, or he says it's some variation of that. But, you know, you should always be wor- worried about what your competitor is doing, but not just fear in the sense that it stops you or you don't can't move forward, but more of now gives you motivation for, Hey, we need to stay ahead of the competition. We need to always be anticipating them and making sure that we're doing things better than them and cheaper or faster or whatever the competitive edge, but to always anticipating what they're doing. So I think that that's a good, uh, you know, fear quote unquote to learn from and also how to react to it. So once again, as people are now, as we're wrapping up, if people want to find out more about your business, about, uh, you know, Stoke or, previously about Flick, you know, what you guys are doing. They want to be a customer or client. They want to be an investor. They want to be an employee. They want to be your next best friend. Any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out and find out more? Yeah, just check out our website. I think that that's probably a good place to start. So it's uh, stoke.global. Um, and it's uh, it, it tells you a little bit about what we do, uh, how, to, how to order uh, some of our equipment, and certainly how to get in touch with us. So, all right, well, I definitely, then, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I, I was just finishing up saying, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend sort of people start there and uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn as well. I'm fairly active there. So uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing from whoever is interested in finding out more about Stoke. All right. Well, I definitely encourage uh, people to reach out, find out more, and uh, definitely um, is a, an exciting and a great company that uh, is uh, going places, so to speak. Um, well, with that, we're going to, we'll wrap up the podcast. Thank you again for being on. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell, whether it's six months for, or the, your six month journey or the or your original journey, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be the, on the podcast. We'd love to share your journey. If you are also a listener, one, make sure to click subscribe so you can get a notification as all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so new people can find us so they can hear the awesome episodes as well. Last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, reach out to us at Miller IP Law by going to strategymeeting.com. Thank you again for coming on. It's, it's, it was as, as much of, or more of a pleasure than the first time and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Yeah, thank, thanks, Stephen. It was a pleasure, pleasure reconnecting, and uh, let's do it again sometime. All right.